This is Dr. Carissa Hines of Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Information without understanding is not very helpful. Talk with the doctor and feel like you're talking to a friend. listening to your favorite health and wellness radio show, Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. I am your hostess with the mostest, Dr. Carissa, and wishing you all a happy morning wherever you are. All righty. So as we usually do, we start our show off with our shout out. Shout outs to my number one fan. Hey, mom, I hope you are having a fantastic morning. Shout out to family in Norfolk, Virginia, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Houston, Texas, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, Charlotte, North Carolina, Ladson, South Carolina, Macon, Georgia, Pensacola, Florida, Center, Alabama, Chesapeake, Virginia, Seattle, Washington, Washington, D.C., Centerville, Virginia, Columbia, South Carolina, Phoenix, Arizona, San Antonio, Texas, Fayetteville, North Carolina, Greenwood, Mississippi, Belize City, Belize, Baltimore, Maryland, Fabulous, Las Vegas, Nevada, Memphis, Tennessee, Columbus, Georgia, Hampton, Virginia, Gadsden, Alabama, Woodbridge, Virginia, Oxford, North Carolina, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Hobbs, New Mexico, College Park, Georgia, Cedar Bluff, Alabama, Temecula, California, Newport News, Virginia, Lusby, Maryland, and Opelika, Alabama. Listen live. We are live here coming from our studios here in Atlanta at WWWE Real 1100 AM. We also broadcast live on Sundays on 22.3 Takeover Vegas Radio. That's a tune-in radio station. We broadcast on Sundays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Standard Time on that channel as well. You can also stream this show live on www.real1100.com and you can watch us live on Facebook. I am live now, so hello to our Facebook family. Alrighty, so this show streams not only on Facebook, not only over the radio airwaves, on the internet, um, and it also is uh, a part of the Old Fashioned Health Network, and so you can watch the show on that channel as well. Find us on YouTube, uh, Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa is our channel, and um, we put up a video about how to do a self-breast exam and got a lot of good feedback from that, and I hope that that information, it's out there forever now, right? So I'm hoping that, um, you know, people will avail themselves of that information because, of course, we celebrated Breast Cancer Awareness Month last month. Um, But breast cancer happens all 12 months of the year. So we need to know how to recognize things that are going on in our bodies. And so I am uh, hoping to get a new video up today um, that's on a different topic 
Um, and so we'll let you know once that goes live. All righty. Follow us on social media, Facebook Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, Instagram at Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, and Twitter at Minutes Doctor. So on Facebook, we have now over a thousand followers, but we can always use more. You all know how this goes in these social media streets, right? More followers is, is better, and that helps me helps us uh, to keep good programming on the air. Um, your favorite health and wellness show has been nominated for some awards, right? Uh, the 22.3 Takeover Vegas Radio presents the third annual Radio Awards, and this show and your host are nominated for Favorite Talk Show, People's Choice Award, Radio Personality of the Year, the Lit Award, Best New Radio Personality, the Team Spirit Award, Sexiest Radio Voice, and Favorite Variety Show. But I can't win without your help. So please text Carissa, C-A-R-I-S-A, to 702-872-1080. And you can vote as many times as you like for as many days as you want to. Voting is still open and will be open until March of 2022. So support your girl. Let me take home some uh, some hardware here for, for this radio show. That would be absolutely awesome. And again, I am absolutely honored to be, um, it's an honor to be nominated. And, you know, you've heard Hollywood folks say that, and I don't know that they mean it, but I really do. Um, that definitely caught me by surprise, uh, pleasantly so. So, all righty. Moving into our COVID updates, in the U.S., there are currently 45.8 million cases, uh, resulting in an unfortunate 741.7 thousand deaths and uh, 434.5 million COVID vaccine doses have been given across this country of ours. Globally, we are looking at 247.2 million cases, resulting in about 5 million deaths worldwide and 6.9 billion with a B vaccine doses have been distributed. So we are still well on our way. Good news on the COVID front. I know we always want good news, right? Um, the new cases do appear to be in decline. And I, I hesitate to share that with you. You know, I always want to share good news because there's been so much bad news um, surrounding COVID. Um, but I don't want you all to take your foot off the, off the gas um, in terms of wearing your mask and keeping your hands clean and social distancing when that is appropriate. Because, you know, our holidays are coming up and we tend to get together and we may see um, a spike in cases. And I don't want any of you all to be a part of that number. So this week, and I remember telling you all about this a couple weeks ago, but this week it actually happened. The FDA approved the use of vaccine in the 5 to 11 year old age group and the first shots were actually administered on yesterday. So shout out to all of our little ones that are out there sticking their arms out to be safe and healthy and protect themselves and the people that they love. I love that. So um, the distribution is a little bit different for the little ones. 
Whereas for adults, you know, there were the mass vaccination sites and such things. Um, but for the little ones, uh, you have to contact your local family doctor or pediatrician, whatever you take your children to, um, and get info on how to get your little ones vaccinated. So, um, you know, sometimes there may be um, an appointment required or maybe your doctor's office haven't, hasn't received doses yet or, or something like that. Now, of course, the dose is reduced um, the amount that they're given. So it's one third of the um, of the adult dose, um, if you are curious about that. Now, you know, there has been along with the adults, um, the adult discussion about vaccination, of course, even more trepidation about um, exposing this to the children. And, you know, one of the arguments made is that, um, you know, the children don't really get that sick. So why vaccinate them? Well, you know, unfortunately, um, about 700 children in the United States have actually died from COVID. Now, compared to, you know, that 741,000 total, that's that's not a lot, right, in, in terms of numbers. However, um, you know, to lose, to be a parent, I'm a parent myself, as you all know, and to lose even one child, in my opinion, is one child too many. And so we have to, you know, do what we can to protect ourselves and most certainly to protect our littlest ones because they cannot protect themselves. They can't do what they need to do, like they can't drive to the doctor's office and that kind of thing. So we have to do those things for them. And, you know, even though children are not in general as symptomatic as the adults are and as are not as severely affected, um, children can still transmit the virus, right? So if you have any people in your, in your household that may be immunocompromised for any reason or dealing with a chronic illness or elder, um, you know, all of those at-risk groups, if they are a part of that, um, your little ones can still spread COVID to them. And so, you know, of course, no one wants that situation either, um, because I imagine that that is that's a tough situation to find yourself in. Right. So, as I said earlier, we are approaching our holiday travel season, and I anticipate that a lot of us will be traveling, including myself. I am so excited to go home. I finally get to go to my hometown um, in Virginia. And I, I will share with you, and I was sharing this um, on 22.3 Takeover Vegas Radio yesterday, that I have not physically seen my parents in almost two years. And, you know, I've never gone that long and, and not seen them. But, of course, you know, we took precautions, um, particularly when we were, um, you know, when there was no vaccine and, and that kind of thing. And, and we social distanced and stayed in our bubbles and such things. And so, you know, I am excited to finally get to hug my mom. And I know that sounds really cheesy, but, you know, you realize when you can't do something, how important it is to do it. So. Mom, I know you are listening. Get ready to get hugged up probably every time I look at you. It's a thing. It's going to happen. All righty. So our video that I mentioned earlier, um, check out our YouTube channel for tips on how to travel safely. I did a video on putting together a first aid kit and, and a little few tips, um, particularly if you are flying by air or even, even by car, um, some things that you can, um, some tips that you can use to travel safely. And that applies during the pandemic and when we're on the other side of this thing, if ever that happens. 
And the reason that I mentioned the holiday travel season is because in the past uh, that we've been in this pandemic, we have been seeing, um, you know, after major travel periods, we've been seeing spikes in COVID cases. And that may be true this time as well. We'll have to see. I anticipate that if there is a spike that, you know, it won't be as as dramatic as it has been in the past because more of us are vaccinated. Um, but I still think that we may see a little bit of uptick. So we'll just have to wait and see in the weeks after the holiday season how that how that shakes out. In other news, um, we here at Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa would like to extend our most sincere condolences to the family of a local news anchor, Ms. Jovita Moore. We lost her this past week, um, or maybe week before, um, after her courageous battle with cancer. And she was uh, quite a fixture. I didn't know her personally, unfortunately. Um, but she was quite a fixture on our local news, uh, WSB Channel 2, here. And she shared her, her diagnosis and, and parts of her journey um, with that with us. And, and I just think that that is just always a courageous thing to do um, to share what you're going through with the hopes of uplifting and educating others. I think that's so selfless. And uh, my prayers and condolences go out to her family. This opening segment is sponsored by Freeman Moore Medical Consultants, your premier disability consultant specializing in assistance with both new and dis and uh, new disability applications and appeal procedures. Uh, you can find us on the web at www.freemanmoremedical.com for more information. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we will get into our topic for today. We'll be talking about headache. You are listening live to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, your favorite health and wellness radio show. I am your host, Dr. Carissa, and we'll be right back. Are your pet's vaccinations up to date? Just for Pets Wellness Center can help keep your pets protected from fleas, ticks, heartworms, and other nasty bugs with the latest parasite detection and prevention programs available. We offer parasite screening and prevention to the most advanced topical and chewable medications. Using our online pharmacy is affordable, safe, convenient, and provides home delivery. Visit our website for more information at www.justthenumber4petsfl.vet or give us a call at 239-270-5721. Be sure to listen to The Wellness Enclave with Dr. Donna Sewell, a podcast that explores emotional health and its impact on everyday life. In the Enclave, we will address emotional health and how it is connected to other parts of your life, such as physical health, relationships, spirituality, and even decision-making. The Wellness Enclave with Dr. Sewell can be found on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That's a nice song. I like that. It's very nice. 
All righty. Welcome back to your favorite health and wellness radio show, Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. We are broadcasting live from our studios here in Atlanta at WWE Real 1100 AM. And today we are talking about headache. So, you know, I don't know anyone who has not um, experienced headache, right? That's just not something that I, that's, that's something that everybody can, can tell you that they've had. And actually, um, you know, I'm, I'm always um, astonished when I look at the numbers of, um, of people who are experiencing headache, right? And, and the numbers of people who are experiencing anything. So about 45 million people complain of headache every year, which results in about 8 million doctor visits for that complaint every year. 112 million sick days are taken every year across the country um, for the complaint of headache, and it is one of the leading causes of the pursuit of disability uh, determination as well. Headache is a very, very common complaint and happens for a variety of reasons. Now, I was going to insert a joke here uh, about the causes of headache, you know, your boss, your spouse, your kids, whatever. Um, but that may be a pain in a different part of the anatomy. So I'm, I'm going to just press on here. So what should you know in a nutshell about headache, right? So first of all, the brain in and of itself does not have any nerves that give rise to a pain sensation. So you think about it, you have a headache, not a brain ache, Okay because the brain doesn't feel pain in and of itself. But the structures around the brain um, will have, um, you know, will, will experience pain and, and we'll get into that. So there are six traditional types of headache, tension, migraine, cluster, sinus, hypertension, headache, and TMJ. Um, and there are also headaches associated with COVID Surprise, surprise, because COVID does everything, apparently. Um, also, anxiety, stress, GI issues, meningitis, and brain tumors. Um, and all of these types present themselves um, a little bit differently. And so, you know, not all headaches are the same. So that's important to know. Women are more affected than men with headache uh, and studies suggest that hormones are, are to play, you know, come into play as to why um, that happens. Estrogen in particular um, seems to be a, a big player in, in the experience that women have with headache. Um, there are three different ways to classify, yes, three ways to classify headache. Um, you have your primary, secondary, and then your cranial neuralgias, and we'll get into, into that. That's a little fancy word. Um, and of your primary types, these are the ones that arise um, somewhat spontaneously. Um, they are your tension headache, your migraine headache, and your cluster headache. And so, you know, those are the three common types and your classifications, three, three of those. And, you know, most of that is um, we use it in the medical profession as to how we figure out what type of headache that you have. Right. Um, so that's not necessarily something that you need to keep into your hat. But I always like to kind of give you all a peek behind the curtain as, as to how we evaluate 
um, evaluate the things that you tell us about. So headache arise, can arrive, arise spontaneously. It can be associated with exercise or sexual activity. Um, there is a such thing called a post-coital, C-O-I-T-A-L, headache, and that is a headache after sex is done. Um, it can be difficult to describe the type of headache that you have. And, you know, frequently when people come into the emergency room, they just tell me that it hurts. And, and you know, I have to really, really pull to get more details there. Headache can also be accompanied by other symptoms, most frequently nausea and vomiting. So what is a headache anyway, right? Headache is defined as a pain arising from the head or upper neck and originates from the tissues and structures that surround the skull and or the brain because as I said earlier the brain in and of itself does not experience pain. So let's take a deeper dive into these classifications of, of headache. So of your primary headaches and again we have three types most commonly of your primary type. Um, the first is tension and just about everybody who's experienced a headache um, most commonly experiences the tension type. We don't know really what causes tension headaches, like why they occur, right? We suspect that there is a muscle contraction um, that happens. So the muscles um, that cover the skull and the base of the neck contract to a severity to generate pain. Of course, these muscles have to contract um, in, in their normal function because that's how muscles move through contraction, right? One other, other mechanism of the tension headache is um, clenching your teeth. So if you find yourself, for example, um, in a stressful situation and you're biting down on your teeth, that jaw clenching, if it goes on for a long period of time or a very, very severe um, clenching motion can cause you to have headache. And, you know, of course, there are physical stressors um, that are there as well. Of all headache types, tension is the most common uh, and it affects women more than men. And um, where it happens. So I'm going to put up on when I finish the show, I'm going to put up a diagram of where pain, the headache pain happens for the different types of headaches. Um, so I encourage you all to check, take a look at that um, shortly. But where tension headache happens in, in, in your head. So, you know, that is the, the back of the head and neck. Um, you may have a, a forehead um, experience of pain, pain at your temples, pain at the top of your head, or around the hairline area, right? Um, and usually, you know, you can treat those um, with your over-the-counter uh, medications, your um, acetaminophen, your ibuprofens, um, and such things. But of course, you know, as we have mentioned in in a previous show, um, you want to make sure that you're watching all of the medications. So, you know, you have a headache, you decide you want to pop a pill um, to take care of that. Um, you know, make sure that you know what other stuff you may be taking that's in combination um, you know, with that because of course, you know, acetaminophen and ibuprofen overdose are very, very easy to happen because those two drugs are found in so many other things that we may or may not be aware of. 
The second type um, is migraine. Now this is usually caused by inflammation or irritation of the structures that surround the brain. It is the second most common of your primary types of headache. Uh, children and adults can be affected. Now, there is a difference um, when we talk about in general, you know, women have more headaches than men and suffer more um, with that. But because this affects children before puberty, there is a, there is an equality there. OK, um, where boys and girls experience migraine headache somewhat equally. But then after puberty, um, girls, um, you know, tend to experience more migraine headaches, girls and women uh, than boys and men. Now, where it happens, so again, the back of the head and neck, the forehead and cheeks, um, behind both eyes, one side of the head, or as, you know, as I have seen uh, very commonly, um, that it, quote unquote, just hurts all over, right? So that is, is your migraine type. Now, while, you know, we note that migraines tend to be very severe, but the amount of pain that is experienced does not determine the diagnosis of migraine. Because you can have a tension headache that, you know, if you have a headache every day, um, that can be very severe also. And just because you have headache every day does not mean that you have migraine. So, you know, of course, you know, like I said, these are little, little clues that we get uh, in the profession about, um, uh oh about um, about your headache and this is kind of how we figure out what type of headache that you have. The third type of your primary type of headache is called a cluster headache. And it is named because they tend to occur in a pattern. So for example, they tend to happen um, usually behind one eye and usually the same eye and usually at the same time of day. So that's the cluster pattern there. Um, it is the rarest of the three primary types of headache. And in this one, men are more affected than women. The, the cause of the cluster headache is thought to be due to the sudden release of histamine and serotonin. And we know that a lot of the hormone release um, has a circadian rhythm. So our bodies are in rhythm with, with time. Um, and so that is why you see these headache symptoms occurring at the same time of day. Now, when I say that, I don't mean exactly at 12.30 p.m. every day, but you know, they may be that they only happen in the morning or they they only happen after I eat lunch or after, you know, whatever you do. So that is what I mean by the timing. Um, they frequently will um, patients will frequently present with pain behind their eyes um, in the cluster headache. Now, cluster headaches tend to run in families. And so, again, you know, we've talked about this and, and I can't stress it enough about the importance of knowing your family history because if you have a family history of headache most oftentimes it is going to be the cluster type. Um, these headaches may also rise from a change in your sleep patterns. They can be triggered by medication, um, tobacco use, alcohol use. Um, they may even be triggered 
by um, some foods. And so, you know, for those of you who are cluster headache sufferers, chocolate seems to be a trigger. And I know we just had Halloween and such, and so you may be uh, charging your children the, uh, the candy tax, but stay away from the chocolate because that may be one of the triggers for your types of headache. Now, why do we care about primary headaches, right? Because, you know, just on the surface, they seem somewhat benign. Although, you know, with migraine, that can be a very, very severe experience. Um, but these headaches can be debilitating in and of themselves. And they also can mimic stroke symptoms. So, you know, I see in the ER a lot of people that come to me with headache that leave with the diagnosis of just headache. Now, of course, we go through the whole workup um, with that, particularly for someone who's had a change in their headache pattern or something like that. Um, but of course, everybody that has headache gets concerned that maybe they're having a stroke and perhaps rightfully so. So, all righty, when we come back from a brief break, we're going to get into our secondary and uh, cranial neuralgia type of headache. You are listening to your favorite health and wellness radio show, Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. I am your host, Dr. Carissa, and we'll be right back after a brief break. This is fashion designer Edmund Newton. I'd like to tell you about Enmask.com. Enmask.com is my only source for non-surgical cloth masks. I've teamed up with Enmask.com to create and design a collection of limited edition masks. These masks are washable, reusable, breathable, and most importantly, fashionable. Shop online now at Enmask.com. That's E-N-M-A-S-K-S.com for quality masks made in America. This is Alvin. And this is Edmund. On the, the Old Fashioned Health, Health Show. Tune in each Friday from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. And listen to us live on iHeartRadio or the Real 1100 app. Where we talk about healthy information, products, and or services. And get some old school music in. On the Real 1100. How lucky can one guy be? I kissed her and she kissed me. Like the fella once said, ain't that a kick in the head? The room was completely black. I hugged her and she hugged back. Like the sailor said, quote, ain't that a hole in a boat? My head keeps spinning. And we are back. You are listening to your favorite health and wellness radio show, Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. I am your host, Dr. Carissa, and today we are discussing headaches. So we left off, we were talking about our primary types of headaches. Uh, and so now we're going to get into our secondary type of headache, right? So the secondary type of headache um, is probably um, 
the more ubiquitous type, right? Because this is a headache that is resulting from a problem with the underlying structures um, or an infectious problem, right? So the types of secondary headache, what do I mean by that, right? So secondary headache, so anything in medicine that we talk about is secondary is a symptom that you're having secondary to something else, okay? So for example, dental pain. So the problem really is your tooth, but it is resulting in a headache. That's one of the symptoms that you have. So the problem isn't necessarily with your head per se, but with your tooth. So that's what we mean by secondary um, type symptoms. So dental pain, sinus infection, um, a brain tumor can be can be that. And, you know, of course, when people come in with new headache, um, the top two things that they are concerned about, do they have a brain tumor or ha are they having bleeding in the brain, which both are, are causes, can be causes of secondary headache. So, like I said, brain tumor, bleeding in the brain, infections. Uh, so the two infections of your head, uh, encephalitis and meningitis. Um, so those do affect the, um, the layers around the brain itself. Um, and usually when you have those types of infections, there is swelling and that swelling creates a pressure. So inside your brain, your brain is what we call a fixed cavity. So it doesn't, your head doesn't really, the inside of your head doesn't expand. So whenever there are things that are taking up space that are not supposed to be taking up space, um, it limits the amount of space for your brain. And your body will try to accommodate as best it can um, for that, but your skull doesn't expand. So whatever is happening inside your brain or around your brain that is causing swelling, um, you know, that causes, uh, that creates a very, very serious problem. So that's why, you know, with brain tumors, um, because the size of your brain doesn't shrink because there's a tumor there. So that tumor is taking up space that it is not supposed to occupy. Um, and so, you know, that creates a pressure situation inside your skull. The same thing with bleeding in the brain. There's not supposed to be, there's a little bit of wiggle room, but not a whole lot um, to, for, for extra things to take up space inside your skull. Um, of course, the traumatic headache or the post-concussion headache. Um, and that is one, the post-concussion headache is one that I see a lot with athletes. Um, you know, particularly football players. Um, I see a lot of, of, of teenagers that come in and, um, you know, they may have fallen off of a bike or skateboarding or playing football and got tackled or whatever the case may be. And um, they come in either initially after the injury or they come in several days later complaining of, you know, I hit my head last week and I'm still having this headache. Um, and most commonly, that is what we call the post-concussion headache that can actually last for several weeks after your injury. Um, and so, you know, of course, that becomes concerning for parents because, you know, they may be under the impression that the injury has resolved itself. Um, you know, this has been a week. Why is my kid's head still hurting? Um, substance abuse can cause headache. Um, medication overuse can cause headache and we call this a rebound phenomenon and this one is kind of kind of neat 
and I say that kind of tongue in cheek. Um, so what happens, you have a headache and you start to take, let's say ibuprofen and you take a lot of it and perhaps too much of it um, over a period of time. And so what happens initially, this medication was designed for relief of your pain, but it is now because you've taken so much of it cause what we call a rebound and it is causing you pain and not relieving your pain and that can become a, a very vicious cycle because you have more pain you take more medicine but the medicine is causing the pain you don't know that the medicine is causing the pain so you take more medicine and you still have more pain and then you take more medicine so you see how that really really gets um, gets to be quite a vicious cycle there um, and of course, the treatment for that is to stop that medication and maybe change to something else. Um, you know, just give your body a chance to clear um, that medication from your system. Um, alcohol use can cause headaches. Uh, dehydration can cause headache. Um, of course, we talk about TMJ pain. And so, you know, for those of you who are either watching on Facebook um, or, or wherever you may be watching, your TMJ is the joint. It's right, kind of right in front of your ear, right? And if you open your mouth, you can feel it move. So, you know, just kind of open your mouth a little bit and you can feel, feel a little movement there and you are kind of close or maybe right on your TMJ. And that is where your jaw, and so TMJ stands for temporal mandibular joint, so where your temple is, so a part of your skull comes down and it joins with your mandible or your jaw at that point. And so sometimes with either overuse um, or clenching muscles, clenching your jaw muscles, or sometimes there is a, a erosion or deterioration, if you will, of the little cushion, the little shock absorber that happens in all of our joints, but in between that, um, that causes that pain. Sometimes there is misalignment. And as a matter of fact, um, sometimes trauma can even do this. So I recently treated a woman who had been assaulted and actually dislocated her jaw. So the TMJ joint was actually dislocated. So she could not open her mouth or close her mouth completely without excruciating pain. Uh, you can have medication reactions um, that, cause, um, that cause headache and also um, medication withdrawal. Now, a medication reaction that I commonly see when people come in complaining of chest pain and we give them nitroglycerin, they complain about a headache. Uh, and a part of that is, is how the, the medication works um, there. And so we won't really get into that deeply um, today. So that's your secondary headache. Now, your cranial neuralgias and facial pain. Now, neuralgia is just a fancy word for nerve pain. Neur is nerve and algia is pain in the Latin. That's how we put that together. And that is an inflammation of the 12 cranial nerves that come from the brain and carry signals to and from the brain, from the body, you know, from the brain to the body. And then you get the feedback back from the body to the brain. The most common uh, symptom of uh, or common form of this cranial neuralgia is called trigeminal neuralgia. 
uh, and that is a very very painful but it's a different kind of pain it isn't that sharp shooting um, most of the time people experience it as a burning sensation um, which of course if you imagine you know it affects the face uh, and so can you imagine you know a part of your face feeling like it's burning all the time right when you haven't been burnt right um, so, you know, of course, that can be um, a challenge to experience. And it is also a challenge to treat as well. So now when you are experiencing headache, because here's the part that you really want to know, right? Um, what do you need to tell your doctor when you are experiencing headache? Because as I've said before and in the past, um, that communication piece, like the more you tell me that is pertinent, um, the more you tell me as your physician, then I can kind of roadmap out which type of headache you might have. And that dictates kind of what studies I'm going to do and what we're going to try, right? Because not every headache is the same as you have learned. And therefore, not every treatment is going to be the same. So, you know, everybody isn't going to get Tylenol for every headache. Everybody isn't going to get an opioid for every headache, right? So your patterns are important. So if you notice that your headache comes about during certain situations or when you participate in certain activities, a certain time of day in relation to your menstrual cycle or menopause or with certain foods, that's important to tell your doctor. If you have any accompanying symptoms, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more, but any nausea and vomiting, any vision change. So if your vision gets blurred or if you suddenly go blind in one eye or feel like a shade is coming down over your eye, over one eye or the other. Um, or if you have an aura where you see maybe halos or flashing lights or that kind of thing. Dizziness, fever any seizure associated with headache um, or light sensitivity. These are our red light signals. Get to an emergency room immediately if you experience any of these with headache. These are your danger signs. Now, are there any circumstances that brought about this headache? For example, trauma, right? So did you fall and hit your head and now your head hurts? That's important to know. Because if you come in and you tell me that your head hurts and you forget to tell me, oh, yeah, by the way, I fell off of a ladder, that's going to lead me in perhaps on a different path to figure out what's happened to you. Whereas if you just tell me I fell off a ladder, now my head hurts, I can get right to the nitty gritty and, you know, be direct in, in my diagnosing and treatment of you. Um, any medications. So I mentioned the nitroglycerin. Um, the headache that can happen with using that. If you are having any new medications that have been added or if you've had any change in the dosage um, that may be causing your headache. Um, your medical history, so for example, hypertension, people that have hypertensive headache, I am always very nervous with them because depending upon several factors, but how high your blood pressure is, you could be experiencing a stroke. So that is one of the reasons why it is tremendously important to one, know that you have hypertension to get it treated and, di you know, diagnosed and treated, take your medicine and know what your blood pressure is, right? So that way you know what's abnormal for you. And so if you have high blood pressure and you start experiencing headache, please don't ignore that. Get that to someone to see. If it's just a hypertensive headache and not a stroke of any kind, Great, happy to send you home with something to control your blood pressure better. 
but I would hate for you to be at home ignoring this headache and then several days later the headache worsened and the stroke shows up and then you show up to the hospital when you know five days before three days before the day before we had an opportunity to intervene the location of your pain so is this behind the eye is it just at my neck and shoulders um, you know where is that happening because as we discussed the different types of headaches will present in different places if you have a family history of headache because again clusters tend to happen in families and does it hurt when you touch the area of pain so dental pain and your sinus pain um, will be um, the things that you know if you if it hurts when you touch it hurts when I touch it that tells me um, what kind of headache you may be experiencing so in our final minutes and I've decided when I when I dove into the research for this that this is really a two-parter so next week we will have part two of headaches where we'll get a little bit more um, into the different types of treatment modalities because we didn't have time to cover that today um, diagnosing and treating headache and the kinds of things that we do for you in medicine and the kind of things that you can do for yourself at home so we're going to continue this discussion next week but before I go danger signs of headache so a sudden or very intense headache pain, and we call that a thunderclap. And so you can imagine if you hear, if you've ever heard a thunderclap, that it's loud and it's sudden. And if it's happening in your head, intensely painful, all of a sudden and just out of the blue. If you're having nausea and vomiting with your headache, particularly if you have had head trauma, if you're experiencing any sensitivity to light or sound, and of course this is if you have never been diagnosed with migraine before because that's a, that's a common uh, symptom with migraine. If you have a headache when you wake up in the morning, like as soon as you wake up, boom, I've got a headache. That's something you need to be bringing to me or one of my colleagues, right? If you are experiencing a fever or stiff neck with your headache. Now, of course, with this one, if you have started exercising or something like that and your neck is stiff and you don't have fever, chances are you don't have meningitis, but doesn't hurt to get it checked. Just saying. If you have a rapid onset of severe pain, uh, a head injury, or if you are having any vision problems with your headache. So if your vision all of a sudden becomes blurry or blurrier. So if you wear glasses and you take your glasses off and you notice that your vision is more blurry than it normally is, don't ignore that. Okay. Um, if you have a sudden loss of vision or a decrease in vision, decrease in your vision in one eye versus the other, these are danger signs. This is let's go to the emergency room uh, right away and get that looked into. So I hope that this has been helpful and I have run out of time. So I'm going to have to give you our vitamin C next week. But next week we will continue um, with our discussion on headache and we'll get into how we diagnose headache and the different ways that we treat it. I hope that this has been helpful and I look forward to continuing this conversation with you all next week. So until we meet again, my friends, be good to yourself. Be good to each other. Take care. This is Dr. Carissa. 
Thanks for joining me this week on Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Join me next week for more comfortable yet in-depth conversation. Have a great week. Thank you.